Good morning. You're tuned in to WOWD 94.3 FM, and this is Interfaith-ish. We're here every other Wednesday from 9 to 10 a.m. on Tacoma Radio, your community radio station. And we bring you bold conversations about what we believe, why we believe, and how we navigate the common ground and differences between our traditions. I'm Sue Katz-Miller, here this week with Miranda Hovemeyer, and we're sitting in today for host Jack Gordon. And in Interfaith News this week, we're celebrating the publication of Sue's new book, The Interfaith Family Journal, so we'll get to that later. And I'm so glad to be here this morning with the irreverent and irreligious Miranda, our resident atheist, because secular humanists belong at the interfaith table. Welcome back to our home on the airwaves, Miranda. Thanks, Sue. It's great to be here. And it's our spring fund drives here at WOWD and also the celebration of our one-year anniversary of this show, Interfaith-ish. Woo! Yeah. So we're going to reflect on where we've been and where we're going. But first, it's time to get into some fundraising-ish. You know, I'm a host here at WOWD, but I'm also a sustaining member, which means I give every month. And you can join me as a sustaining member now by calling 240-696-4200. And this is a rare opportunity to call live and give your personal thanks for this gem of a local station. So call now, 240-696-4200, and speak to Olivia or give online anytime at TacomaRadio.org. And this is a time when we need community more than ever. So please invest in this precious community that we have here in our little studio in Tacoma, broadcasting around the D.C. area and streaming online at all times. And this show, Interfaith-ish, is all about community. We have a unique format where typically we invite two guests from two different religions or worldviews, and they ask each other questions they've always wanted to ask. In the past year, the first year of this show, We've had Adventist, Atheist, Baha'i, Buddhist, Catholic, Jewish, Mormon, Muslim, Pagan, Protestant, Sikh, Unitarian, and Zoroastrian guests, A to Z, among others. And we're looking for more, so if you have ideas, send them to us. Miranda, what was a highlight for you of this first year of Interfaith-ish? I'd say the highlight of this year was doing the live show at American University um, at the K Center for Spiritual Life. That was so much fun. It was a lot of work, especially for Jack, uh, mostly for Jack, but it was so much fun. Uh, we had a great cast of, the, of people who was there to be involved with the show, and we had a lot of just laughter and silliness, um, especially because Jack did this game, this, um, it was like, can you tell if this is a comic book character or, or a character from some world religion? And it was hilarious. Religion and humor, a rare combination. Fair, but should be more common, I think. So a lot of good belly laughs and just people having fun together. And that, that was a lot of, we had a live audience, so we fed off that energy, which is really special. 
Um, and it was just very unique. So that was that was a blast. You love to see WOWD going out into the community and doing live stuff. That's something new starting to happen. And religion and humor, that's something you know a little bit about, Miranda. It is. So when I was in grad school, I did my... Um, my graduate thesis on religious, religious, religion and humor, sorry. And um, I actually organized an interfaith comedy show in Chicago with uh, Muslims, Christians, and Jews from different cultures and um, run by me and atheists. And <laughs> that was a blast. Um, and then I wrote about doing that work and what I learned from um, from the show and from the people and ways that comedy and humor can be used as tools of interfaith dialogue. So. Cool. So if you're just joining us, this is Interfaith-ish with Sue and Miranda on WOWD 94.3 FM. And it is fundraising week. And we already have some donors who've called in or uh, gone online and expressed monetary appreciation for this show. We want to thank Aaron from Silver Spring, who donated online, and also Cy from D.C. and Marin from D.C. So join them. Show your appreciation. Now, we launched Interfaith-ish just over one year ago on the first day of spring, March 21st. And if you donate today at TacomaRadio.org, or call us at 240-696-4200. We can thank you on the air. We have a really diverse group of volunteer DJs and hosts here. Um, we want to thank the legendary Bobby Hill for being here, helping us out on the board this morning. And Olivia is taking calls. If you call, she's there volunteering up bright and early. And we're broadcasting daily here in our downtown Tacoma studio, but we need to pay the rent and keep our equipment in great shape to reach you. So please donate now. Hey, Sue, uh, you got a new Interfaith book out, so you better tell us about that. Well, I guess it's relevant since this is Interfaith-ish. Um, the Interfaith Family Journal is the first ever workbook published for any and all families to figure out how to honor their religious, spiritual, cultural, or secular histories. So what it does is it traces out a five-week process that helps you to figure out how you want to celebrate together on a daily basis, how to mark holidays, births, coming of age, death, and I designed it specifically to work for Buddhists and pagans, Christians married to atheists, Hindus dating Muslims. I think it's going to be an important tool for all clergy and all therapists in supporting the families of the 21st century. Yeah, it's a really great book. I've had the chance to read it. And as an atheist, I can confirm that it would even be a useful tool for any family. You know, like my family, we're both atheists, but I think the contents of the book are, you know, apply applicable to all kinds of families. So I just think, you know, it's a great tool. And uh, you brought a couple of the prompts from the book for us to do as exercises here live on the air. And so what's an example of one of those questions? So each chapter in the workbook has a creative activity. For instance, one chapter inspires you to create a family recipe book. 
And since both Passover and Easter are coming up, this is a time of year when many interfaith families are thinking about foodways and culture. The first chapter of the book asks you to delve deep into your formative experiences with religion, spirituality, and culture as a child. What was that like? How did you feel about it? How do you feel about it now? So it includes writing prompts like this one. Describe any special foods or meals associated with holiday celebrations in your childhood. Did you learn to prepare these foods or meals? Do you still prepare them? Miranda, you want to take a crack at that? Yeah, I'd love to. I think so. Growing up as a child, um, my parents were United Methodist. Uh, they still are United Methodist. Um, and I'd say our foods were, I'd say like, you know, we do turkey, obviously, on Thanksgiving, like most Americans do. <laughs> And some kind of meat dish on Christmas, but it wasn't really consistent. I think one thing on Christmas that was consistent as a child was cookie making. Mm. making mm. The making of the Christmas cookies. <laughs> um, let's see. Any I, particular cookies? Uh, a sh chocolate chip always from my dad who, like, has to have chocolate. And... Um, and let's see, uh, I would just like to do the sugar cookies and decorate them because it was it was actually more fun to decorate them. Um, as a kid, we also did do like Easter eggs and would dye the Easter eggs and that was fun um, and eat the Easter candy. That was fun. It's been interesting as an adult being married to a professional chef. Um, I don't really cook anymore, per uh -huh. se. Lucky you. <laughs> yeah. So so I didn't actually learn any of the recipes of my parents myself, but... Um, Does he make sugar cookies for you at Christmas? <laughs> uh, no, he doesn't actually, but I, I mean, he would if I asked him. But I think um, we're both usually so tired around the holidays that mm. we're like, what, what can we do that's easy? Um, but... Uh, we do do a lot of, you know, we still do meals together and we still, you know, carve out the time to sit together around some sort of meal, even if it's just the two of us. Mm -hmm. And that's always meaningful. Yeah. Food often has that role, regardless of your religious background, your cultural background. Right. For me, this time of year, I'm thinking about my grandmother who was born in Louisville, Kentucky. She described herself as a Jewish Southern belle. You pronounce Louisville right. I'm so proud. I do because she, she that's where she was from. <laughs> and uh, my dad spent his summers there growing up. And her parents were a rabbi and a Jewish orphan who met in Narlins. <laughs> and they, my, my great-grandfather was a circuit-riding rabbi on the Mississippi River. And... Her parents had died in a, in a yellow fever epidemic mm. in the 19th century, and it so scared her that they went up the river trying to get away from tropical disease, and um, they ended up in Louisville. So I'm bringing all this up because it relates to food. This is my Jewish grandmother. I have a Protest, had a Protestant grandmother, but my Jewish grandmother, this time of year for Passover, there's a traditional dish that you make for the Passover Seder, the dinner that is the, the center ritual of Passover. 
and it's called harosit, which is for most people that's chopped up apples and nuts and cinnamon and a little bit of wine. And my Southern Belle Jewish grandmother made it with oranges, bananas, and what she called pecans, <laughs> which I would call pecans. But so she did a Southern style harosit. So that's kind of a food that ties together a lot of my family religious history. And so it's important to me. Cool. So if you're just joining us, this is Interfaith-ish on WOWD 94.3. We're talking about interfaith families this week. And every week we talk about our interfaith world, our interfaith community, the diversity and richness of our community here in the DC area. And we're bringing in guests from all different religions, all different worldviews to talk with each other about these topics, which don't get a whole lot of coverage. Um, so I think it's a public service. I hope it is. And we wanna encourage our listeners who enjoy our show to call us at 240-696-4200 and give your pledge directly to the terrific Olivia or give online at TacomaRadio.org. So, Sue, this week we are celebrating the release of your new interactive workbook, The Interfaith Family Journal. So hit us with another thought-provoking question from your new book. So to be honest, doing the journal together as a family is a really intimate process, and a lot of the questions are not something you'd want to answer on the air. It's almost like, a, you know, if you're afraid to go to therapy or, you know, you want extra therapy, this workbook is going to help you with that. So I'm trying to find questions that are more lighthearted here that, you know, we wouldn't mind bantering about on the radio. So how about this one? On which religious or secular holidays does your family exchange gifts? Um, and on what occasions would you want extended family to give gifts to your family? I mean, this is an interesting question because if your nuclear family has a different religion than from the grandparents or the great-grandparents, then often there can be tension about who should give gifts when and for which holidays. Right. Well, in, in my family, I'd say, um, at least on my side, Versus my husband's side, um, we give gifts uh, mostly on Christmas. I'd say my husband's side sometimes gives gifts on Easter as well. Really? Easter gifts? Yeah. Uh, Interesting. Yeah, Easter gifts. They, they just like to give gifts, I think. That's cool. Um, yeah, <laughs> and something my family uh, does a lot is more, uh, we don't want more stuff yeah. necessarily, yeah. you know, and so... It's like I have enough stuff. So I'm trying to Marie Kondo. So we find, um, you know, donation, places we can donate to either individually in honor of someone as a group. So like I donate, donated an order, I'm sorry, in um, honor of my mother to this um, uh, organization in Brooklyn that works with literacy with young men and, uh, you know, just find ways that you can give. So that was for Christmas. So just find ways that you can give that are a little outside the box, I think. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. And that's something that I recommend to interfaith families. For instance, if you are in a Jewish and Christian interfaith family, if you give a lot of Christmas presents and a lot of Hanukkah presents, basically you're just 
wrecking your kid. Don't do that, people. Just really, it's not helpful. And don't fall into the trap of, oh, being interfaith is cool because we get twice the presents. No, that's not a good idea. So, <laughs> so giving to others and especially instilling in children that idea that holidays are a good time to think about other people and to give to others is really helpful. Yeah. Um, I think it's it can be tricky in interfaith families, so especially when, you know, the parents part of, you know, grandparents come in and they're like, but I want to give the kid a whole bunch of Hanukkah presents and the other grandparents are like, I want to give the kid a whole bunch of Christmas presents. How do you navigate that? Right. So I have a whole chapter about interacting with extended family and how to reframe those issues so that it's more positive. And one way to do that is to encourage extended family to give of themselves, of their culture in a more meaningful way, to give stories, to give cooking together, to give songs, um, rather than material possessions, because those things are going to be what's passed down through the generations when, you know, the plastic is going to be in the landfill. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the plastic in the landfills. Well, and I know a couple families that are interfaith, um, that they give, uh, in the form of giving to others. So, you know, like we were talking about, they'll say, okay, you know, on a couple nights of Hanukkah, we're gonna go volunteer uh, at a, you know, a soup kitchen or something, yeah. or a, you know, a food food distributing place and stuff like that. So right. I like that idea. Yeah. And there are atheist groups that do that kind of community service as well. So, I mean, you don't have to have a religious identity to be involved with giving back, obviously. Yep. Yeah. I can confirm. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I want to just uh, shout out a big word of thanks to Cassandra from D.C. She called in and she says, you guys are awesome. Thank you for spreading a deeper conversation around interreligious community building. Nice. So, yeah, nice. thank you, Cassandra. We really appreciate that. It feels good to us here in the studio. Um, so I want to say thanks to everyone who has rated and reviewed the show and sent in emails. Please keep those suggestions coming, folks. You know, uh, let us know what you'd like to hear on the show. We want to hear from you. What traditions, what perspectives, even, you know, if you think of specific folks in the community, like, oh, my friend in this, you know, humanist community would be great on the radio. Please let us know. You can write us at interfaithish at gmail.com or you can send a message via social media at interfaithish we're on the facebook and we're on the twitter so we're all in those <laughs> all up in those social medias and this is interfaithish our bi-weekly show that's every other week on WOWD 94.3 FM, where we discuss the common ground and differences between our traditions. And we're asking you today to support WOWD and this show because we do bring you conversations you're not going to hear anywhere else. So, Sue, getting back to your book, um, The Interfaith Family Journal, I'd like to talk more about how it came about. You know, I know you have being both. Um, that came out in what, 2013? Or... Right. So my first book for interfaith families was about five years ago. Right. And uh, that was more descriptive, journalistic about interfaith families. But in the five years since it came out, I've been traveling around the country speaking at 
you know, congregations, libraries, universities, keynoting, and meeting a lot of interfaith families. And I also started coaching interfaith couples who came to me and wanted help. And I finally realized I can't help everybody individually. Um, but what we need is a tool for families to kind of help themselves if they're in a place where they don't feel they have supportive clergy or supportive extended family, or, you know, they might have therapists, but they might not be trained or feel comfortable talking about religious difference. So I decided that it would be a good idea to have a tool like this that a family, say, in Kansas or Tennessee or Nebraska, if they don't have a lot of resources or a lot of communities that are supporting them, they can have this workbook where they can kind of help themselves. And it works for not just couples, but any kind of interfaith family. So you might be a single parent with uh, an adopted child from another culture and religion, and you want to incorporate that culture and religion into the child's life. So you could do it with a journal partner who could be a mentor from that other culture and not even a member of your quote-unquote family. Mm -hmm. Or say you're a parent with a teenager who's made their own decision about religion. You know, say you have a teen teenage child who's decided that they're going to be a pagan and you're struggling with that. You can do the journal with your teenage child and it will help both of you to think about where you came from, where you're going, what your dreams and visions are, you know, how do you interact respectfully with each other and learn from each other and teach each other rather than being stressed about religious difference. Right. And something I thought was so cool about the journal when I read it was the amount of like just cool activities you can do together. So it's not all just like writing and back and forth. There's like a lot of activities. Mm -hmm. And so I wondered if you could just like shout out a few of those if that's possible. Yeah, part of the idea was that you may want to or need to incorporate children into the process. I mean, if you've got say three young kids, you don't have a lot of time alone with your partner or you're a single parent with three young kids, then I incorporated ways that the children can be involved, things for them to draw, things for them to, um, you know, arts and crafts and music and food that they can be involved with. So each chapter has a creative activity that can be done in a family. Um, one is to create a recipe book that could be an interfaith recipe book with the recipes from both sides of the family. Another is to record the stories of your elders, mm -hmm. you know, your parents, your grandparents. Um, this is so important because right. those stories get lost in each generation when they don't get recorded. Right. And there's ways that, you know, young people can be involved with that. And some people are just more comfortable doing stuff with their hands mm -hmm. instead yeah. of just sitting and talking with someone in a room. They stress out. Right. And so this gives you things you can do together and then maybe talk or not talk while you're doing them. I really love that idea. I think it's a great way to bring in everybody who communicates differently because, you know, I know people really might have stuff to say, but might not necessarily be able to express it through language. So having the ability to express it creatively really helps families, I think, communicate together. Absolutely. 
And I just want to shout out to Jessica, who called in from Georgia to donate today. She is happy that Interfaith-ish makes this effort to create content for all to benefit from. And we really do try to reach out to everybody and include everyone. So thank you for listening, Jessica, and thank you for donating. It's great to know we have a listener in Georgia. You know, online, you can stream this from anywhere. And because there aren't a lot of shows like Interfaith-ish, we do have people who are starting to listen. And you can go back and hear all of our previous episodes. Um, We'll tell you about how to do that in a bit. So I want to get back to the book, Sue. I have one more question for you. Wow, Um, you really love this book. I do. I mean, (laughs) I read it, you know, a little early than it came out. So I got like a sneak peek at it and got to give some perspectives on it as an atheist, you know, about like including atheist children's books and stuff like that, which, you know, reading it through an atheist lens, I guess. Um, But my question is how the book fits in with this show, Interfaith-ish. We are so lucky to live in this area where we have incredible diversity. And there's a lot of talk about racial diversity and ethnic diversity. And there's not a lot of talk about the religious diversity because I think Americans in general are afraid to talk about religion. We have this idea that separation of church and state, which is really important and foundational in our government, means that we shouldn't ever talk about religion at all. I know it. And as a result, what do you get? You get people who are unfortunately often ignorant, and that ignorance can lead to intolerance and even, tragically, to violence. So I think that what we're doing here and what the interfaith dialogue, interfaith activism, all of that in the D.C. area is helping to really kind of create a protective network of people who do want to learn about each other, who Mm -hmm. do want to teach each other, and who aren't afraid that that's going to lead to conversion or destabilizing their own identities. Right. I think it's, it's actually quite the opposite. Once, or I found anyway, you know, that once you start learning about other religions, you're also forced to learn about your own faith tradition. Um, You know, I've been challenged a lot when I go around speaking about interfaith work as an atheist, especially in religious spheres about, you know, why should we listen to you, you know, at our, you know, Catholic campus giving a speech, you know, when you're an atheist. And I say, like, you know, if you're comfortable in your own faith tradition, then you aren't threatened by me and what I have to say. You can understand it and hear it with, you know, open ears and take it in with an open sense of mind because you're comfortable and educated in what you believe, as am I. And when we are both educated and literate in our religious and ethical traditions, we can really start to learn from the other in a way where we aren't operating out of like fear, Mm -hmm. but we're operating out of a place of genuine curiosity, I think. So the Interfaith Family Journal helps people do that on a micro level within the family if you have people with different religious or non-religious viewpoints within your family. And, but then you t- can take that and translate it out. I mean, you, you've lear- you're learning those skills of you know, listening, of learning, of teaching in a respectful way, of being an ambassador. 
and you take that out then to the next level, to the neighborhood, to the school, to the workplace, is very different from proselytizing. People oh, are yeah. confused that if you talk about your religion, you're trying to convince other people to join your religion. Mm -hmm. And that's not the case. It's just important that we understand each other. And that's what the show is about. Yeah. And that's what the workbook is about. So I'm in the groove. Everything is syncing it's up here. It's all syncing. It's all coming together. <laughs> here we are at WOWD, and it is fundraising week. And it is spring outside, and that means it's T-shirt weather. Just in time, WOWD is rolling out a new T-shirt just for you. So if you call... 202-696-4200 or donate online. You can also find out about how to get one of these t-shirts. They were created by legendary graphic designer Dick Bangham, whose artwork graces many rock and roll album covers. And they come in men's and women's sizes and in multiple colors. So go to TacomaRadio.org and make your donation and check these out on the website. Or you can actually stop by in person at our studio, which is at 7014B Westmoreland Ave. And you can buy one in person. I've seen the shirts, uh, especially the ladies one that's kind of in this like pretty shade of fuchsia. It's really nice. I, I, think, I, think, I think of it as raspberry. Ra oh, raspberry, yeah. like a raspberry beret. Ooh, I like Ooh, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, um, you know, Sue, I just think your book is so great, and I'm so excited to have, you know, to share it with families that need it. I specifically am excited to share it with families I know of where one partner is religious and the other partner isn't, um, because I think often they think there aren't a lot of resources out there for them. So I'm really excited to, you know, share this and say, here, look, that's, this is something that can work for you. Um, so yeah, it's it's just great, and I hope people take you know the chance to check it out. Especially you know if if you're just a family, I think it's useful. You know. Yes. Yeah, so if you're interested, you can get it online, of course, but also go to your local bookstore and ask for it. Ask them to carry it. Um, I see a synergy between community radio and bookstores. Um, and these are things that we have to protect and, and encourage and, and treasure in our communities. Yep. So. I agree. Like when I was growing up, one of the places that I loved to go and hang out every Friday night was a bookstore because it just had cool space. It had cool music. You could learn about new books. And I, I, you know, I hope when I have kids someday they have bookstores to go hang out in as a place of <laughs> refuge from the world because it was very meaningful space to me. Yep. I'm a book lover, I yeah. have to admit. So am I. I have a room in my house that's uh, we've made into a library because uh -oh. we have so many books. You know, I know Marie Kondo is like, oh, you should only have five books at one time. And I'm like, no, no, that's not going to happen. There's no way. <laughs> And if you're interested in learning more about the religions in our community, world religions in general, I do have resource lists in the journal and on my website, susankatzmiller.com. For instance, I have a list of children's books uh, from relig different religions, which are great for all kids to read, just so that they understand the religions of their classmates in school, for instance. Yeah, that's super important. I think... 
kids today, especially in America, don't get a chance to learn enough about the religions of their peers, and it's a shame. Yeah. Yeah. Well, on that note, <laughs> um, I just want to thank everyone who called in during our show to donate. You guys are great. We really appreciate you listening and donating. So before we wrap up, I want to shout out uh, thanks to our own Jeff Philosopher, who supports our show so much by providing our theme music. And I got to see Jeff perform live at our show, our live show at American University. And it was just the interfaith-ish live interfaith show. Interfaith-ish yeah. live show. It was so great to see him perform live. He's so impressive. So we just want to shout out thanks to him. Um, so thanks so much, Jeff. And that's what we find in these interfaith community building circles are people who want to give their time and their energy. And yet they still say, what else can I do to support you in this work? So you can join Jeff in showing your support for Interfaith-ish and Tacoma Radio. You will be in great company. So call today at 202-696-4200 or donate online at tacomaradio.org. That's it for this week's Interfaith-ish. Thanks to everyone who called in and pledged this morning. We're so happy to have a home here on WOWD 94.3 FM Tacoma Radio, and we're thrilled to have your support. If you've been listening to Interfaith-ish since we started one year ago, we thank you. And if this is your first episode, welcome. You can find all our previous episodes of Interfaith-ish on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and SoundCloud. Be sure to leave us a rating or review to help others hear the good news about our show. And we can get into that algorithmic good place. I know that algorithmic good place. <laughs> and also, you can follow us on social media at Interfaith-ish. As always, if there's Interfaith-ish you wish to dish, that you can write us an email to interfaithish at gmail.com. That's I-N-T-E-R-F-A-I-T-H-I-S-H at gmail.com. Interfaith-ish and host Jack Gordon will be back in two weeks. Until then, keep it locked to WOWD 94.3 FM for great music and programs seven days a week and streaming online at TacomaRadio.org. <laughs>